Good afternoon and welcome to this the third edition of Isotopica with me, Simon Tishko, here on Resonance 104.4 FM on your groovy London dial. Um, today's episode is much more of a detour than I expected as one o'clock this morning, basically, uh, my computer is just in bits and pieces all over the kitchen table. And the planned episode sounded, well, like one of the more obscure episodes that I might well still come up with one day, but I mean really obscure. We're talking the kind of sound art that gives sound art a headache. So, as those sound files aren't available, I am throwing something together here which will probably include little bits and pieces or big bits and pieces from the last couple of episodes and various chunks of potential material that I can find on what is working on my computer right here now, just for those who are technically minded and anorakishly interested, I've actually built a Hackintosh computer, which um, due to the extraordinary price of the very high-end shining Apple Mac computers, which way out of my reach at the moment, um, I decided to try this pirate hack version, which for an anorak hobbyist and tinkerer like myself is actually a bit of a dream. It's just um, obscure, strange and ill-matched bits of computer pieces um, bought off eBay and various other cheap places and hacked together in this case in an old Apple box, which isn't necessary at all. It actually started its life off on a piece of plywood uh, screwed to my kitchen table and putting all this quite high-end stuff together and hacking it in such a way that it believes it's an Apple Mac and as a result for the price of I don't know Mac mini or some other such shiny gadget I've got the equivalent of a Soviet era tractor collective processing bits and pieces under my kitchen table which is fun for all concerned but I have to admit it's both a work in progress and a work of love in that uh, well I'm not washing the car on Sunday I'm usually taking bits of computer out and cleaning them with my toothbrush but quite frankly I enjoy the challenge so that's a very long-winded way of saying today's episode has detoured into into digital oblivion and um, you're getting something far more spontaneous which is not necessarily a bad thing at all as in the next few weeks we're planning to take Isotopica live into the resonance studios and um, actually go for the higher adrenaline of doing the show live which at the moment it's mostly from beyond the grave um, anyway I digress and there's something else I wanted to mention which is studio space um, I know lots of us out there are always looking for affordable and usable and pleasant studio space. It can be a real strain here in London. And I've stumbled across something rather remarkable this year through the old and noble artist charity Akava, who are based in West London, just off Portobello Road. And they're expanding wildly at the moment. And one of their new properties is a 
old comprehensive school, 1960s build comprehensive school in Battersea. So for all those other West Londoners like me who just look um, with horror at the notion of going far east for a studio, um, just over Battersea Bridge, right by the new build Royal College of Art, you can find the new Akaba Studios, which at the moment is built as a temporary space. Um, but my last temporary studio actually went on for five years or so, I believe, but there's no guarantees with this. But because it's temporary, it's very, very affordable, not to say downright cheap. Um, I think you can get yourself a space from sort of 25, 30 quid a week upwards. Um, it's an amazing place. If you're interested in details, you can contact ACAVA, which is acava.org, or you can call me, contact me through my website, www.theculture.net, or give Resonance a call, and I'm sure they'll forward you on to me. Um, I'm actually take, I've actually taken over the old chemistry lab, which is remarkably full of old chemical glassware. I've got an oscilloscope that works great big things with knobs, buttons, dials, and, and you know, it's, it's just got all the kit left in it. It's quite remarkable. And um, so far it's full of some really rather nice people. So anyone looking for studio space, anyone interested in that adventure, and there's also the possibility of sharing some desk space in my chemistry lab. So anyone looking for either a corner in a lab or a fully fledged studio, contact Akava or contact me directly. So today's show will go off on a various detour of bits and pieces. It's almost two o'clock in the morning now and I gotta get to bed. So I'm gonna knock something nice together very quick so lots of love you're listening to resonance 104.4 fm this is simon tishko on isotopica taking yet another detour in certainly for me anyway an unexpected direction hope you enjoy Thank <laughs> you. 
अमन मुल्ला पांडे सबके एक माटे के भांडे खबर अमन मुल्ला पांडे सबके एक माटे के भांडे वेद वही पुराण वही है राम वही रहमान वही है किसी का दामन थाम तुझको अल्लाह रखे किसी का दामन थाम तुझको अल्लाह रखे होते दाता के नाम तुझको अल्लाह रखे हो तुझको
भाते नहीं हाँ कस्बे वादे प्यार वफा सब बातें हैं बातों का क्या कोई किसी का यहाँ नहीं है कितने उच्च विचार है तुम्हारे मैं तो जानी जमाना राग सुना रहा था तो अब अपना राग भी सुना दो हमें पता तो चले आपके दिल में क्या है अजी हमारे दिल में तो तूफान और अरमान की जुगलबंदी चलती रहती है जरा नजदीक आओ और दिल पे कान लगाओ
seems it's the most spoiled between you and Stuart, mm-hmm. the most privileged. Could you curl this one up? Because that side's curled and this one isn't. Mm. Um, well, I work quite hard, so I don't think I'm spoiled. I don't feel privileged at all. It's not, uh, Stu, you get someone come in once a week, put labels on all your food. That's pretty privileged. <laughs> Baked beans Monday. <laughs> and mushroom soup Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. it's quite privileged. And the potatoes have even got stickers on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Simon's got a point, Stewie. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I phoned Stewie up during the week because I couldn't find my black jeans anywhere. And I said, Stewie, any time, did I leave my black jeans there? Possibly two pairs and a whole bunch of laundry. I just can't find anything. Oh, where would they be? I went, Try the laundry room. He said, Absolutely not. Not a sign yeah. at all. Gosh, I was where could they be? So I went in there just before we left for here, and there were my jeans in a big pile. <laughs> of laundry. <laughs> See, that's, that's the classic thing of a privileged person's shirt. You're yeah. just not aware of the physical world around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, if that had a label on that said Simon's black jeans, yeah. <laughs> we should sack Joe for not putting a label on them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, that's good you found them. Yeah. Stewie, did you go check on Simon else? No.
Um, the welcome collection, this is the welcome collection, um, and I'm sort of, I'm going to be, I'm a bit ropey with the history itself of the building, the collection, and so I'm not even going to attempt to sort of give a historical context, maybe later on when we meet Ross, who will be able to fill those things in, but um, the general idea was to walk through the shelves, partly because I think the final, it's the system itself that's as intriguing as the actual, the, the, the books. And my idea is that the books should possibly lead us as opposed to us leading through a very specific route. So mm -hmm. if we just walk along here, there is one point that I wanted to start from and then perhaps from there. So obviously we've got the history of medicine, general practice, nursing, interesting in itself, but perhaps it's this bit that I get particularly pleased to read out. Ah. At the top of the list, we have gifted children. Mm -hmm. Now, am I wrong, or will you consider to be a gifted child? No. Apart from, um, you know, my mother might, I obviously thought so, but my mother did, but no, not really. Um, I was quite bright, but certainly bottomed out very quickly. And went to where from that position? Because <laughs> you're talking about coming in the back door. I mean, when we actually, we had the option of coming from the front door, but, but, but Ross permitted us to come through the back door, going through. You were saying about, you know, the relationship with front doors and back doors. And that? That's always a backstage thing. I think always been backstage in life. Um, and going from academically gifted, going to a good school and dropping right out of the bottom. It's not through being stupid, but simply not being able to enter into the system that they wanted me in. So that's backstage, that's back door. Okay. But just, I mean, it's very difficult to walk along these shelves without pouncing on every single book. The titles are just swimming past. There's just remarkable words and remarkable combinations and even I mean just even this here the, the, one, one of the themes we often come up with is nostalgia and this the, the, where you started gifted children surgery dentistry veterinary medicine it makes no sense in except in terms of a library put that put that in a different context and you know somewhere you visit gifted children to the right please surgery to the left <laughs> 
This is like HMS Welcome for me. It's the, the um, you know the architecture itself is almost like a some kind of cross cross ferry uh, um, cross channel ferry for me. Um, looking down here, what do we have here? We've got a, I don't know how many names we have, but we've got Aristotle, of course, Hippocrates, um, Paracelsus, uh, Harvey. Harvey, I don't know who Harvey is, and I'm sure later on Ross will tell us. Any anyone that you take a fancy for? Well, the names, that, I mean, Hunter, Darwin, Bernard, Mendel, I mean, these are all names. That medical theme, they could be names of wards. I'm going to go and visit my mother with a bunch of flower on Hunter Ward. I think I probably have in the past. And it's, the, the references fly all over the place here. There's, there's a history here which is much greater than the sum of its parts, I think, don't you? With this, certainly the architecture, um, I can see it tilting over and water flowing up those stairs there, having made your grand entrance, and, and the library's just hit the iceberg. But there's the, the, the first reference when I came in was Wings of Desire as well, the idea of angels sitting around, or angels with the little hands on our shoulders, okay. looking around, and as Ross mentioned, demons too. Is there any anxiety, I mean, do you, do you experience any anxiety in here? I mean, I, I have to say that I, libraries always create an enormous amount of anxiety in me. Um, I don't know why that is, and even when I came here to look, prepare this route, I still felt quite anxious. I mean, it's a physical experience. Okay. Excited, but anxious at the same time. One also, because I don't know where even to begin uh, to, to, to select what I'm to read. Is that not true for you? It's actually the reverse, I think. It was libraries have always been a place where I could find shelters, not the word. What's, what's that nice word that you used to do in churches? Solace. No. no. Um, um, sanctuary. Um, sanctuary, yeah. You'd find sanctuary there because it's where the sports people weren't. You didn't get any sports people in the library, so I'd always be hiding with my note from my mother. Simon can't do such any sport whatsoever, ever. Simon's not fit for life, so you'll find him in the library. Do you still have the note by any chance? I wish I had the notes. I may well, have to rewrite them, in fact. But you sense it's impossible to do justice. I mean, that's the thing with... It, 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 I've been reading a lot of quantum mechanics recently. It's been one of the subjects here. And here, just, just one book. We could spend weeks on one book, I'm sure, and to just sort of drift through here. It's very much HMS. HMS welcome. Well, one, I'd, I'd actually had hoped, it was un, we, we couldn't, I couldn't actually arrange it, but there was this notion, I had this notion, perhaps we could possibly get some security cards, some laminated, some nice laminated cards with our names on it, just because it was a sense of accessing, you know, this notion that when you have to have something to, 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 give, to legitimize your, your sort of entrance, you know, say, I'm, I've come for a legitimate research, as it is, we're here anyway, but there's an element of that for me that still excites me about the libraries, that as soon as I'm in and I've sort of whipped my card, I feel safe mm -hmm. actually with all this information and knowledge. Shall we have a little look and then we get tactile with some of the books, I think. Non-medical subjects including history. There you go. <laughs> um, look at these German texts. Yep. Classic, classic German uh, or the classic um, Germanic typeface. Patience and promises. Patience and promise, I beg your pardon. Could it be possible to go around here and just make a beautiful poem by reciting the titles of these books endlessly? There is a section, and I, I took a note of it. Well, there's a, I did think of you. There's a history of fireworks or, or pyrotechnics here somewhere. Oh. Uh, maybe it's not here. Oh. But, um, Heaven. I, I kind of visualize. And, and I thought of you with pyrotechnics, and I don't know why if that's... 
misreading you. Um, I'm assuming this book, Love Apotech, is... From Denmark. Um, lovely chemist, yeah, it's a book of chemists throughout the... Look at this, the actual places where they manufacture. It's funny, my relationship with chemistry having changed. Once again, the back door, because I think one of the... My flatmate once burgled a chemist for the DDA cabinet, you know, the dangerous drug cabinet. Yes. And when I came home late in the evening, there was a cabinet on the floor with all the concrete bolts on, and we were opened it with a crowbar to get all the bits and pieces out. So, yes, love... Apotec. Okay, so we've got the herbals here. Loads of herbals, histories of. And dia di dias let's have a look for a look. As I said, the physical part begins now. It's the weight of these books. I yeah. have a feel of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you still reading books? Very much so, but absolutely not as much as I used to. Possibly for the same reason you, I find learning to read with glasses is um, it's, it's quite a step. There was, um, in some research I was doing about a botanist who went to South America and spent several years collecting samples around the Amazon, including drawings and samples that were pressed very much like this and then there was a fire on the ship and the whole lot was lost and how volatile memory um, history information knowledge can be because when you think you know something like this is constant attempt to that, that's it it's there it's forever yeah. and yet um, how quickly books become out of date how quickly the internet becomes out of date as we think of it now and then thinking of things like the, um, the burning of libraries the burning of books is there a book that you would consider burning Simon I um, mean even if you didn't speak about it Tory party manifesto that's a pamphlet isn't it no, not really. I don't think there's any book really no, worth storing. It's always, you know, there, were, there, there was an occasion when I actually, I, I, I'm not sure I'm ashamed of it, but I'm perhaps a little bit embarrassed that there was no living in a, in a, living in a squat actually in North London. And I ended up burning some books on mm. the open fire, which now would be absolutely unthinkable of me to do. But I just chucked, chucked them in, you know, um, penguin books and, and things. Um, and th there was a period where I think there was a collection of astrology books, which I, you know, there's that transition where if anything's going to go in the fire, it had to be astrology books, so they went in. But now I'm looking at it and I'm thinking how awful that is um, to destroy a book. Well, there's always a use, even in really bad books and badly written books and misinformation, there's used to have that information. And it's a, there's such a range of, his, uh, of time scales here, cancer survival rates up there. And if you think misuse of information as well, how. Um, going back to the Tories once again, the sort of twisting of the national health and the statistics around survival rates and there, how knowledge can be misused and is misused and how that changes what is misuse. And, and there's something about trying to fix things, isn't there, with the library? A really noble sense of trying to fix something. It kind of brings us to monsters, really, teratology. What uh, is teratology? Teratology. Ross. 
What is teratology? You've got to come on in on this one. Well, I think in the context of this, it is like the, the, the history and nomenclature of um, uh, monsters over time, or, or, or thinking of the, of the human form in, uh, in over different historical periods of monstrous, uh, monstrous growths and monstrous births, certainly sort of medieval and early modern times, almost representative of, well, yeah, almost, almost uh, representative of the, of the wonders of God's work on Earth as well, the different forms that humankind could, uh, could take. Let's move along this from seats. Ah, this, this is, I did mark this out, bookmark it, which is uh, brought to light photography in the invisible, 1840 to 1900. Um, I thought of you mm -hmm. immediately with this, because it's just, um, secret worlds under the camp, at least early photography. Did you see the tent just went past no. then? Um, that would have been the developing tent for at this time in photography. You used to actually have to have a tent to change the plates because it was all on glass plates at that point. Okay. So you'd actually have to have a building to go with you. Think of in terms of the mobile phone, outside. erect a tent to change outside. the glass to do very slow exposures. Okay. So flapping canvas and catalogue to some Sturbenschon. Like we, we could do with the translator. Here is Hogarth. Now, again, I said, there it is. This is Hogarth's works here. Um, I, and that is Health and Happiness. And I, I had a bit of a hobby horse about the happen, happiness studies. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the current conversation about there being happiness and you can measure it, etc. Can you measure your happiness? Right now, for example. Where are we on the scale of being happy? Oh, God, I'm, be I'm below the scale of 10. I'm minus three at the moment, but you coping. You've broken your arm. That didn't help. I've broken my arm, yeah. So I've kind of got a medical reason for that. I'm just, sorry, just, just here looking at Hogarth's book here. When you see the sort of the richness of the inlay, um, just of the internal covers, and the gold leafing of the book. It's something I remember very much from childhood of, of little Bibles and things like that. That's real gold leaf on the edge and the absolute craft that was put into a book and compare it I got a book token for Christmas and I went into one of those chain bookstores I never really go in and buying book three for the price of one or three for the price of two and it just a little shudder going through you know, like five men in a boat industry and idleness mm. well this is that certainly fits in with the notion of happiness look guy with his pipe Guy the rope, there's a whole story going on there. The idle apprentice turned away and sent to sea. Now listen, just the noise of books been turned. So what have we got here? Industry and idleness once again. The idle apprentice betrayed by a prostitute. Oh dear. The guy with the dunce's hat in the corner. It's gone out fast, the, dunce, the dunce's hat. I think, you know, I, I think I might even have, be, have been alive long enough Can to remember one actually on having it. one on my head at, at school or placed on, no, if, not, if not a dunce's hat, then been placed at the back of the, back of the classroom and sitting on the chair. Did you ever, were you ever placed the, uh, at the back of the class back for the class, disruptive behavior or something, something like that? Yeah, just they didn't like the look of me. Guru humana, guru humana. 
Leonardo da Vinci drawings at Windsor Castle. Kenneth Clark and Carlo Peretti. Kenneth Clark, the historian. You know Kenneth Clark, the historian? Yep. History of Microtechnique, 1975. I think I did the gaps. There's this, um, this notion, this idea. I mean, I, was, I swore that I wasn't going to men mention Walter Benjamin, but. What can I do? I, I, it, it, please, please sorry. mention. Please. It's just, you know, um, just notions of gaps and spaces and, and, and the book, the collection. Um, and when, that's why I think when I was saying earlier that I felt quite anxious, it's because there's a part of me that sort of is, is I don't know what to do with this amount of, of um, knowledge. I mean, the actual physical, it's talking about the physicality mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. It's overwhelmingly physical and central. Um, so I kind of get, I, I tend to have to refer back to Walter Benjamin just because he speaks so much about like, how he experienced the book, you know, as an actual, as substance, as something solid, as matter. Is that for you the same, or is that...? Very much so. And, uh, I mean, Walter, Walter Benjamin, I was thinking of the Arcades Project and the Endless Corridors, and you've kind of got, the, if you think of the, the arcades that he talked about, the Parisian ones, you've kind of got touches of that coming into here, and the Endless Corridors that I always think about with him. But then I think of how he died, on the border, running from the Nazis, and a morphine overdose? Mm. Morphine or a heroin overdose? Okay. Probably morphine at that point, because he was about to be arrested. He couldn't cross into Spain because of the fascist system in Spain, and he was being pursued by the Nazis, so he chose to take his own life at that point. Mm. I have a fancy going down the staircase, which is... Okay. Arts in relation to medicine and science. Is there a relationship? Arts, medicine and science. Medicine, what about that one? Mm. I always thought I was a doctor in many respects. <laughs> Could quote the Mims backwards at one point in my teenage years, I think. Human anatomy, em embryology, reproduction, philosophy of science. Can we just read some titles yes. for a while? Yeah. Can't take it in turn. Sigmund, Shlomo, Freud, Sander Jakob, Ben, Shlomo, and the Vata, the psychoanalysis. Frank Levin, Albert Garreau, pioneer cardiovascular surgery. We've got the way of the animal powers here, down here. Um, secrets of art and science, sacred circles. Oh, we're in the general area of shamanism, perhaps, possibly, or magic. I'm not sure about sacred that. Sacred circles. How does that come up? What's, uh, what's either sacred side of that? Sacred circles, earth medicine. So, yeah, we're in the area of the earth. We're on planet earth here. And the sacred sciences. Bacon bibliography. Well, I mean, uh, ancient Egypt. We're moving into ancient Egypt. The state and professional knowledge, white. <laughs> the Journal of a Voyage in HMS Beagle by Charles Darwin. This, this must be uh, 
What's the history of these books, Ross? We've got to, got to ask you that. Yeah, uh, they've the, got such... The, the, the section here is, is sort of uh, is the folio section, so it's marked as larger than normal uh, yeah. sized works. This is, this is a nice um, large-scale version of uh, Darwin's uh, Voyage of the Beagle. It'll be quite ornately laid out uh, in, in the actual in actual format that it is there. Mm. But it's it's a, it's a great section here to give you a sort of a cross a cross section of the library's collection. So having sort of Darwin near Freud, yeah. the two of them quite near uh, works on medicine and art, and you know, ancient, ancient Egyptology as you mentioned there, and not too far away from there you get into the alchemy and the occult. Uh, a couple I, of shelves I down. Drawing ribbons between books, <laughs> coming on pinning ribbons across yeah. and drawing lines because yeah. there's, there's so many. Where would the original Darwin papers be, his actual diaries? His, his papers, um, if memory serves, uh, most of Darwin's papers are at Cambridge, if memory that serves. Sense, yeah. yeah, But we do have in the, in the archive collections here uh, a couple of letters from Darwin. Uh, if memory serves, one of the letters that he wrote that we have here is uh, him so describing him undergoing uh, treatments for his ailments uh, with the, the water cure in, in 19th century uh, mm. Yorkshire. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so Darwin un undergoing sort of a, a quite intensive uh, treatment for his, uh, his many ailments that he had during the course of his uh, water treatment was at that point a good dipping or yeah well, things like sort of wrapping wrapping the head and wrapping the body in sort of wet towels mm -hmm. uh, the belief being this would sort of uh, cure him of his uh, of his uh, aches and pains and ailments I mean Darwin fascinating not just for the fact that the works that he produced but the works that he produced during a sort of long and, and very at times uh, unhealthy life uh, as well um, many of his uh, letters that you'll that you find in the archives and now they're available uh, online as well are describing his ill health mm. as much as uh, describing his uh, his work on uh, evolution. Can you tell me a little bit about Wellcome himself? I mean, what I know for sure is that he was born into a log cabin in Wisconsin. Is that true? Very much. I mean, this, this, this is someone who becomes one of the world's great collectors and a very sort of rich and uh, industrialist in this country, but he's born into uh, rural America uh, in the mid-19th century, born into, um, well, when all said and done, the Wild West, as we'd sort of public, pr properly call it. So, so, he, so he grows up in a very rural environment, uh, experiences uh, notions of the other with uh, growing up near, near the, the oh well uh, close to the tribal lands of the Sioux so but from a very young age he appears to be uh, he claims later on interested in notions of how um, different civilizations change over time through their attitudes and, uh, and notions of health and well-being it's almost almost his, his notion behind collecting his vast array of objects manuscripts and books is almost a sort of a trace in a sort of Victorian anthropological mm -hmm. way this of evolution of mankind including through, Napoleon's uh, tooth indeed so yeah in is that here in this building? In, 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 uh, in, in this building we have sort of this, uh, quite a lot of, sort of um, memorabilia of uh, famous individuals he, he collected over time as well. But I think what's fascinating about the nature of the collection here, uh, certainly in the library, and I think sort of mentioning the names around the freeze is a very intriguing point, is that almost the, the, what the Welcome Library records and possesses and, and holds is not only sort of works by sort of these uh, inverted commas great men of medicine, but also the, the works depicting 
interpreting and, uh, and describing sort of the gaps in between of these great people, so the lesser known practitioners uh, and how their uh, practical treatments evolved over time, but also after all the patients. So you, you can't have medicine with just having the doctors. You have Texas to medicine down there. There's Texas, Texas medicine. Texas was that, is that kind of oh, horsehair and, and what? stuff? As ever with the Wellcome Library, it's the, 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 the collections here are so vast. They're sort of focusing on one thing since sometimes sort of thro yeah. thro throw me to give you an exact right. description, but it's but there's many sort of works about particular places as well. So I'm, I'm not surprised there's something as specific as t Texan medicine if uh, <laughs> such, such, such a thing exists. But that's uh, part of the joy of working and uh, in such an institution as this is just always discovering something new. And yes. it, days go by. Every day you'll find something different on the shelves here. Simon, yes, you've got to ascend a ladder here. I mean, I can't believe you've ascended a ladder in a library before. Or no? no, I've never, never had it. I mean, I've just, just, just seen that because it's, it's in, you know, the top shelf starts to call. There's some Tibetan, Tibetan things over here. Hang on. And then I noticed the warning sign, do not position ladder close to the handrail, which is presumably not to fall into the middle there. But Tibetan, uh, Tibetan medicine, I guess. Yeah, that's a beautiful book. Um, I'm trying to work, it's Italian. It's, it, that's Italian, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, it looks like yeah. Italian. So it's an Italian book on Tibetan medicine. which you know, the, um, the cover itself looks like a mandala, but that's a very modern design, isn't it? It's actually quite recent at the back. The classic mandala, the Buddha in the middle, Gautama. Just to look, just to look, so many things. <laughs> Have you ever got, have you ever, Ross, have you ever had to say shh to someone? Does people do that in a library? Have you asked someone to be quiet? I, 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 I have over the course of time had to, had to, had to do that. Uh, like, like, like any sort of any person who works in a library, uh, it, often because the, the conversation some people were having was disturbing other readers. So the interest of our readers is paramount. So I think one of, one of the interesting facts about the library at the moment is it's very much a space that's, I think a lot of people are drawn to the library because it is a quiet, contemplative space oh. as well. So it, it is somewhere where. Uh, uh, we try and sort of uh, have the best interests of our users. Mm. Uh, the reason I ask that is actually because obviously there's no one here. Mm. It's the absence mm. of the librarians and the theatric, the kind of performative aspect sure. of the of the librarians mm. because of the uh, th there's an element of being aware. Maybe that's part the root of my sure. anxiety was yeah. that my memory of the library was one in which there were others. Yeah. Um, and yeah. therefore there's a sense there are certain things that you you do yes. or rather more importantly don't do, and you have to be familiar with the mm. with the etiquette, the rituals, etc. That mm. come with the library and mm. that. Was, was my memory, Wood Green Library, a long time ago. Um, but it, always, it always should be. I mean, I, I just, just, you know, as you're kind of raising your voice there, the excitement there, suddenly because we, we're out of bounds, we can do that. We're, you know, there's no one here. Yes. But I was sort of thinking, no, don't. Yes. Whereas at the V&A Library, they had a screening for one of the Friday night things of Spinal Tap in the library. It didn't seem right. I mean, it, was, no, it was perfect. It was just the most absurd thing you could possibly do, which is the whole point. You know, great big screen set up and everyone in there watching Spinal Tap in this fantastic Victorian library. Oh. It was um, sacrilegious in respect to that, that whole idea. Merci. Oh, merci. Je ne sais quoi. 
<laughs> How lovely to be here with you. Je ne sais rien. Yeah. <laughs> 